Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and, um, you know... <laughs> what? Uh, what do you want, Schlanger? Well, it's times like these where I hate fantasy football. You don't hate fantasy football, you love fantasy football, that's why you come onto this podcast every single day. Yes, but that doesn't mean I have to love fantasy football all the time. Because right now, I hate fantasy football. Why do you hate fantasy football? Um, I literally almost just called you Darren Waller because I was about to... <laughs> I was jumping ahead of myself. Yes, you were, in fact, jumping ahead of yourself. We, in our leagues... In my leagues, thank you. In our leagues... My leagues, they're my leagues. They're my teams, they're my leagues. Yes, but I have to follow them too. So, in our leagues... We are facing Darren Waller in two out of the three leagues. We made the playoffs in all three of our leagues. We are only in three leagues. We made the playoffs in all three. We are facing Darren Waller in two out of the three leagues. In the other league that we are not facing Darren Waller, we are facing Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Dalvin Cook all on the same team with James Robinson on the bench. So I don't think that he needs freaking Darren freaking Waller. How I have never wanted to curse so much on this podcast, except for the first episode. You really wanted to curse on the first episode of this podcast. Yeah, we finally got news to the no cursing thing. But my point is, it is times like these <laughs> where I really hate fantasy football. You'll know we also have Austin Eckler in uh, two of these three leagues. Uh, and Austin Eckler was robbed of a touchdown by freaking Kalen Balaj. And they had the ball on the one-yard line so many times in this game. And they refused to give it to Austin freaking Eckler. If you weren't aware, we are definitely going to be recapping the Thursday night game between the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. There's a whole lot of loss going on here, both in the team names or cities and the um, loss that we are probably going to be taking in all three of our leagues. So yes, Schlanger has a point. <laughs> Fantasy football is very, very frustrating. But we are, in fact, going to get to a full recap of that Thursday night game. We are going to do, that's right, we're bringing it back. We're bringing back Rumble and Tumble. We're bringing back Rumble and Tumble um, just because we had fun with it last week. And, um, yeah, if we're giving fantasy advice for Sunday coming up with the playoffs in uh, weeks 15 and 16, uh, then, hey, we might as well keep the Rumble and Tumble going because uh, it's a fun way for us to provide fantasy analysis for players we like and dislike. And we are also, of course, as always, going to do our flex plays, which is basically which of the <laughs> which of the guys ranked outside of the top twenty are our rumbles. So, um, sometime in the future, we might figure out uh, if we just combine those two things. But for now, you're going to get a lot of all of them. And uh, before Schlanger can continue, oh, Schlanger's gone. Um, well, I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm just. I'm just walking around. You have a package. You should probably open it. No, no, that package is that package is for Secret Santa. Don't open the package. Um, I'll get him under control as we hit that. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop.
Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. Alright, kicking off this recap, I want to actually talk about what was happening immediately before the game. Immediately before the game, I was receiving messages frantically from a couple of friends of mine asking what to do about Keenan Allen. Now, the problem is I was also trying to figure out what to do with Keenan Allen because in all three of the leagues, um, I own Keenan Allen. I have Keenan Allen, and I was hoping to start Keenan Allen, except he's been injured. So was he going to be on the snap count? Was he good to go? He gave a thumbs up when uh when pre-game like that's how i heard all this news like when they were asking if he was going to play gave a thumbs up which to me just felt it felt too much like he felt like he was good to go um and i shouldn't have read so far into that i still only started him in one of my leagues but um i relented i was initially saying take keenan allen out start tyron johnson and uh and like, or you have better options than Keenan Allen with a snap count. And I should have just stuck with that. Granted, in the one league I started him in, that's in the league in which I'm facing the entire Packers offense and Derrick Henry and everyone. So I don't think I'm going to win that week, uh, that league anyway. Um, but regardless, I'm sorry to those of you who I, who I changed back and was like, well, he's in and he seems like he's good to go. You should start him because Keenan Allen scored exactly 2.7 points on one reception for 18 yards. Wait, that math doesn't work out. One reception for 17 yards is how that math works. And uh, even Mike Williams. Mike Williams, who pregame, when everyone was talking about these two, it's like, okay, Keenan Allen will definitely be playing, but Mike Williams will not be. Um, Mike Williams played. Mike Williams scored 4.2 fantasy points. Um, because he was able to catch two passes. Uh, no one was starting Mike Williams anyway. We we all had a feeling that he was going to be particularly on the bad side. What we weren't prepared for was how Austin Eckler would only go for 11.9 fantasy points. And he shouldn't have gone for only 11.9 fantasy points. The Chargers had the ball close to the end zone way too often for for Austin Eckler to not be utilized. And I know they were talking about they were worried about his his thigh and trying to take care of him. Like, I I don't know I don't know I don't know what to say I think um, we could I, we could we could talk to Chargers fans um, one one of the uh, uh, one of the people from the from the We Know Fantasy platform that uh, is so gracious enough to to host our podcast um, one of them is a huge Chargers fan and I hear everything I need to hear about Anthony Lynn from him. And just the misutilization of the skill sets of the players that he has available. Um, thank goodness that apparently does not apply to Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert goes off for 27.96 fantasy points. Uh, if you went quarterback last in this fantasy draft and managed to pick up Justin Herbert on waivers, you are in great shape. He probably got you to the playoffs, and he is almost certainly going to, going to help you win this week with 27.96 fantasy points. Just a just a great day. Great day for Justin Herbert all the way around. Um, gets you 13 extra fantasy points uh, in the in overtime alone, thanks to that, thanks to that. Well, uh, maybe not a full 13. But he definitely gets you some extra fantasy points in that in that overtime with that rushing touchdown at the end. You gotta be happy about that. Um, that props to Justin Herbert. Super happy to see him succeeding. Uh, and, and he's, he is easily, Justin Jefferson is having a great season. 
Justin Herbert, in my mind, is easily the rookie of the year in the NFL. Not not even oh, and you know what? He's the fantasy rookie of the year too. I'm calling it right now. Um, we haven't been we we didn't do we we didn't talk about that award, did we? Nope, we did not. See, I found Slanger. Yep, I'm right here. I came back. Um, I just I had that I had that decompress, and I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna chat about the uh, the Raiders real quick. Um, how many of you out there, our listeners, started Marcus Mariota? Um, because you should have. All of you dumb people out there, would you stop calling our listeners dumb? No, no, no. If they didn't start Marcus Mariota, that's on them. They are dumb because obviously Marcus Mariota was going to have a huge game against the Los Angeles Chargers and against another Oregon Duck. Uh, he really likes saying the Middle E's and names between Oregon and uh, and Eckler. Um, I don't. I, I, why are you making fun of how I talk, bro? Marcus Mariota, of course you weren't going to start him because he was the backup to Derek Carr and Derek Carr pulls his, pulls his groin early on in the game. Marcus Mariota comes in and looks like vintage Mariota, like looks really good. He makes some some rough throws that, that cost them the game in the fourth quarter. He threw the ball way behind the Zay Jones, uh, which set up. Uh, which set up a missed field goal by the by the LA Chargers. But um, if he had not thrown that pick, and if he had just even hit Zay Jones or just thrown and thrown an incomplete pass, they could have easily run out most of the clock and uh, and kicked the field goal there to win the game in regulation. So sure. <laughs> Marcus Mariota uh, looked like vintage Marcus Mariota, but he also had those vintage Marcus Mariota moments, where uh, which were not so good, which is why he is no longer the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, what you really love is seeing Josh Jacobs get 20.4 fantasy points. You've been, we've been waiting for this for quite a while, I would say. He has not even scored more than 14 fantasy points since week 10 when he scored 29.6. And we have been waiting for a game like that. We didn't get a game like that quite, but we did get 20.4 fantasy points. He crosses that 20-point threshold. You're grateful for that because, boy, we were... I almost did not start Josh Jacobs in a league. And actually, if uh, if Keenan Allen did not... Uh, come up a little bit injured over the course of the week, I would have started both Austin Eckler and Cam Akers over Josh Jacobs. And it was because it was because Keenan Allen got injured that I threw Josh Jacobs into the flex all of a sudden. And um, <laughs> there he is. There he is getting, getting, getting a good 20.4 fantasy points. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, he looked good. Uh, he went, he went out briefly because they had to like look at his knee or something, but his knee seemed fine because it was just before that last drive when he drove the Raiders down. And, um, again, again, speaking of just poorly coached games, they, they were trying to do too much random weird stuff when they got that close to the goal line. Josh Jacobs got you down there. I know he didn't do well on first down, but just, just, just get him the ball, get him the ball and get him the ball. Like. Oh my gosh, an extremely frustrating, um, we know, we know, we get it, we get it, Schlanger. Um, you want to hit those pass catchers? I, I, I should not, I should not hit the Raiders pass catchers, because, yeah, no, 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 you're right, um, I will briefly touch on the Raiders pass catchers, Darren Waller gets you 30 points, gets you 30 points, Darren Waller gets you 30 points, Darren Waller just won people their week in the tight end position. When your tight end can get you 30 points, it's tough to lose after that. 
Um, Nelson Aguilar uh, was actually second in targets behind Darren Waller's 12. He got eight targets. Couldn't do much with the opportunity. Only got 8.9 fantasy points. But no other player on the team got more than three targets. So like I was saying before, it's it's Aguilar. And, and I, uh, I said this after last week's game. It's not Henry Ruggs. It is Aguilar. Aguilar is the guy. Aguilar is the wide receiver that you might want to start for the Raiders. Um, but also, as you can see, without consistent quarterback play, and yes, that does include Marcus Mariota, Aguilar is no better than a than a fringe flex play um, at best. Nowhere near the wide receiver two tier for him. And just like that, we are done recapping the Thursday night game, which means we get to move on to Rumble and Tumble. Rumble and Tumble. We don't have a drop for Rumble and Tumble. Um, If we had had more time and weren't spending most of the day with family, um, maybe we would have come up with a Rumble and Tumble drop. Do you want to help come up with that? No. Um, I don't want to come up with any more drops. The drops are dumb. We had one that started the year. We've had that drop the entire season. It's our drop. We have to do it every single time. We're famous for it. We're not famous. We're far from famous, and our goal isn't even fame. Screw fame. Who needs fame? What we do need is rumble and tumble. You should take it away with the first rumble. Yes, I will, and I shall. It is Jonathan Taylor. I promised you. I I literally promised you that he would show up right here. And I have nothing else to say about him that you haven't already heard, but I will say I would not be surprised, and I'm going to go so bold as to say, if he ended up a top five overall scorer this week. And the Texans the Texans have given up at least 28 fantasy points to running backs in each of the past five weeks. And I know Naheem Hines and even Jordan Wilkins may get some of those points, but if Jonathan Taylor gets a majority of 36 running back fantasy points, he has the potential to be a top four. <laughs> Not with Darren Waller getting 30 points, um, but... <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Taylor does have the potential to be a top five overall scorer this week, um, especially with the Houston Texans having the worst run defense in the NFL over the past five weeks from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Who do you got as your first one? I have James Robinson, because while the Texans may be the worst fantasy run defense over the past five weeks, the award for, for, for worst fantasy run defense last weekend was the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. They were worse than the Jaguars, who let Derrick Henry be the top fantasy scorer for the week that I called. They were worse than the Texans, who gave David Montgomery his third straight 24-plus fantasy point game. Like, the Cleveland Browns knew that their best chance to win was using their best weapons, and that would be, of course, their two running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, who's the Jags' best weapon? James Robinson. Hands down. The guy who's proven that he is he has the between-the-tackles power of Nick Chubb. Maybe not quite because Nick Chubb is an absolute beast. But he can run between the tackles like Nick Chubb. And he has the open space evasiveness and pass-catching ability of Kareem Hunt. He does he hold on. He is not. He is he does he is not as talented as both of those guys at doing those things. Like there's there's no way to me. And and sure, Baltimore Ravens defense hasn't been up to snuff. But I do not think that James Robinson has it in him, especially the Baltimore Ravens have given up an insane number of points through the air over the past uh, over the past four weeks. So I, I, honestly, like 
no, I don't think the Jags' pass attack is good enough to to rely on that, but I do think the Baltimore Ravens' defense is good enough to stop the Jags. No, 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 bro. It, it's, it doesn't matter. Baltimore's going to stop the Jags, but are they going to shut out the Jags? Probably not. And if the Jags score a touchdown, there's probably like a 70% chance that that touchdown goes to James Robinson. Baltimore does not scare me, and they should not scare James Robinson owners this weekend. It is the fantasy playoffs. Do not get cute. Start James Robinson. If if you say so. Um, I am actually starting the Baltimore Ravens defense in, in, a, in a league, so... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm hoping James Robinson doesn't go off. Uh, J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick is my next rumble. And I really, God, I, you might, you, you might be wondering why he is in the rumbles and not the flex plays. Um, and I'm kind of mad at ESPN for this. They blew up my joint. ESPN has J.D. McKissick ranked 19th amongst running backs. So I could not put him in my flex, uh, in, in the, in the flex consideration. Uh, I wanted to include him, and uh, here we are. Uh, he's he's in the Rumble, though. He's definitely in the Rumble. He is a near must-start this week against the Seattle Seahawks, who will put up points on Washington. Washington will need to throw the ball. I think it's going to be dump-off city. Uh, it's probably going to be Alex Smith under center. But even if it is Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins will also dump off the ball to J.D. McKissick. Like, like J.D. McKissick's opportunity to succeed this week is i think through the roof i unfortunately cannot argue with you there you are arguing with james robinson you know what i am gonna argue with you i think that peyton barber runs the ball really well because seattle's run defense has not been the best this season hasn't been bad and seattle's put up so many points like seattle's defense has been a lot more shut down recently um than they were towards the beginning of the season so, uh, so, so, well, there you go. And you think J.D. McKissick can get by that? I think they'll have no choice but to use J.D. McKissick. Well, um, use J.D. McKissick at your own risk. I think you should use James Robinson instead. What, what do you mean instead? I'm not even, I'm not saying that J.D. McKissick is going to have a better day than James Robinson. I am, oh, well, mm, hmm. It's at least something to think about. No, it is not, bro. James Robinson is a superstar. J.D. McKissick is a backup third down back. I have... My next Rumble, who, just like J.D. McKissick, was so freaking close to getting to be one of my flex plays, and I was really excited to do it. But, alas, ESPN has him ranked number 20, the number 20 running back. The number 22 running back in Yahoo, but the number 20 running back in ESPN is Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like... This may be the first time all season that he almost qualified for the flex segment. And, you know, just like we did with Robert Woods, I was definitely going to just will him into having a great game just by putting him in to as the Schlanger versus Samuels flex play. It is, it is Samuels versus Schlanger. It has been Samuels versus Schlanger all season. Wow. Why do you think you could just change it to Schlanger versus Samuels? Because it's... It's my flex play. I'm. I can say what I want. You. He's, he's not a flex play. He's a. He's one of your rumbles. Fine. But I wish he was a flex play. Miami has a good defense, and uh, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire just tore apart Miami's defense. And I know, New Orleans has had one of the best run defenses in the game so far this season. But Miles Sanders just went off for 29.6 fantasy points last week, and the Eagles are not as good of a football team as the Kansas City Chiefs, hashtag analysis. So 
I I definitely think Clyde Edwards-Alaire will at least have flex value. Uh, I would not be sitting Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week, uh, even though he is going against a very good New Orleans run defense. I cannot argue with you there. We are going to move on into Tumble in just a second because we actually have an extra special live read uh, today. Our episode sponsors are actually here and they are going to give us the live read themselves. Go ahead and take it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You... Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. No, that was great. That was great. That was great. Thank you so much to our episode sponsors, A Flock of Geese. We are going to move on to our tumbles, of course, our tumbles. And I believe you actually get to kick off our tumbles. Nope. Nope. That is you. Oh, you are right. Just check the notes. All right. Cam Akers is my first tumble. And I really, really, really hope this is not true because I need Cam Akers to light up the scoreboard in two of my leagues. Um, as I said, uh, in both of those leagues, I am playing against Darren Waller. Uh, the good news is I was wrong last week about Chris Carson against the Jets. Chris Carson, I called a tumble, and the Jets couldn't contain him. The Jets couldn't contain anyone uh, since they lost 40-3 to to the Seattle Seahawks. But the Jets' run, run defense is still the real deal. And while Pete Carroll is extremely stubborn and will always stick with the run, Sean McVay has proven to be extremely adaptable as a head coach uh, in, in his years, and it, it has been a, a big reason for his success. He will always play the opponent that is in front of him. And so he is happy to just have Goff sling the ball in games where the matchup calls for it. You saw this in against Arizona. You saw this against Tampa. You saw this against Miami. And Akers might reach double-digit fantasy points. Like, I'm not saying he, he might have a complete dud, but I'm expecting more of a, like, 9, 10, 11 fantasy points at best, despite being decent volume in this game. I think you're absolutely foolish. I Like, Cam Akers has taken this job and run with it, and if he could run all over the New England Patriots, which is a middle-of-the-pack run defense. Uh, he can run all over the New York Jets, which is 23rd for the season in fantasy run defense, at least fantasy defense against running backs. Yes, but a lot of that a lot of that Jets bad defense is skewed to earlier in the season. Like, they gave up 43 points to San Francisco earlier. Um, <laughs> a couple of straight games of 30-plus points against Denver and Arizona. Again, recently, before Seattle... They had not given up a 20-point fantasy game to running backs uh, since week nine against New England. So they're still a solid run defense. They've been better down the stretch. Uh, I have faith in them, unfortunately, which means um, I have less faith in Cam Akers. Uh, you have the next one. I do, in fact, Michael Thomas. And I know we go with bold picks here. For the uh, for the tumbles, because why would we not? They're tumbles. Like we have to we have to aim high if we're going to see them tumble down low. Michael Thomas is already ranked out of the top ten in both Yahoo and ESPN, so expectations are already lowered for him. Um, but uh, but like even more so than his issues so far. He's been a pretty decent floor option, but has not shown his ceiling. Kansas City is number two in fantasy defense against wide receivers and Michael Thomas has had two straight 
did not practice de designations. He's clearly not healthy. His ankle is definitely bothering him. And I have a feeling he's going to play because he, he's he's played through injuries in the past. He, he hasn't played through injuries much this year, um, which actually I think is even more to your point. Well, that's, yes, he, this year he has, he has struggled to get on the football field. So maybe this is a bigger deal than it is. Samuels brings up a good point. Um, and the fact that he has just as many single-digit fantasy point days as 20-plus point fantasy days, uh, I just, I really, really think that Michael Thomas uh, uh, tumbles in this game. This is a must-win game for the Saints. And if they want to snag the number one seed in the NFC from the Packers, they're going to have to, they're going to have to beat the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they'll do it doing what they've done best this year, which is get Taysom Hill running the ball and get Alvin Kamara running the ball and just pound and, and rely on their defense. I know it's tough to rely on their on your defense against Patrick Mahomes, uh, and you don't always get to because Patrick Mahomes can just decide that your defense is not going to work that day. But I think that is what the New Orleans Saints try to do. And Taysom Hill is just not the passer that Drew Brees is. And Drew Brees, uh, who's not going to be playing in this game, isn't even the passer that Drew Brees was. So even next week, it's tough. I am not crazy about that trade we made for Michael Thomas. <laughs> I, we're just including all of our players in the tumbles because we do not have a lot of faith in our teams. That's, um, I mean, that's not entirely true. I have a tumble coming. Oh, nope. My tumble is David Montgomery. Yes, and we have David Montgomery. Yeah, we have, we do, we have David Montgomery in one league. Um, I am just being honest about these players. They just happen to be on my fantasy teams. Uh, David Montgomery has actually been in the opposite category for me every week over the past few weeks. I've been talking him up this whole time. I'm, I was talking about him as a trade target uh, a month ago, a little over a month ago. Uh, you traded for him, which was great. He's had, like I said earlier, three straight games of 24-plus fantasy points. The only problem is this week he's going against the Vikings. Um, you chatted Tuesday about David Montgomery's success against Houston, but again, the usage was not great. Uh, especially considering their massive lead. And I'm worried they won't have the luxury of the massive lead against the Vikings, especially because the Vikings put up points pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that was great grammar, bro. They put up points pretty good. I'm the one that's supposed to be language deficient, not you. Well, I <laughs> I get to be every once in a while. They do not put up points good, or they do put up points good. There it is. Um, you know who does not put up points good against the Vikings? Uh, the Bears, because... The last time Chicago and the Vikings met this season, running backs for the Chicago Bears had only four carries for nine total yards. The Vikings just completely shut down Chicago's run game. And granted, Montgomery did not play in that game, and they were obviously already down uh, Tariq Cohen in that, so they were on to like, Ryan Nall and... and Cordero Patterson in that game. And actually, yes, I do remember. I do remember that Cordero Patterson. Everyone was talking about a Cordero Patterson revenge game against the Minnesota Vikings. And boy, that did not happen. So I really do think uh, the Vikings have the Bears number uh, involving the running game. And to that end, I really think that in this game, David Montgomery comes back down to earth. I still think he's an amazing play in Week 16. But <laughs> coming up this week against the Vikings... Uh, I am not crazy about him. I think he tumbles. You have the last one. I do, in fact. And there was someone we brought up earlier when I was talking about James Robinson, and it is Nick 
Chubb. I know, I know. I did just talk about how Nick Chubb is an insane talent um, and, and one of the best between the tackles running backs in the game, like right up there, I think, with Derrick Henry. Um, but he's ranked third amongst running backs in Yahoo. And I think that's absolute madness because of the matchup. ESPN has a little more accurately ranked at sixth, but honestly, I think Chubb will be out of the top 10 in running back scoring this this week. Um, I, I will keep talking up the Giants defense if it is the last thing I do. I, I was the one talking up the Giants defense last week. Yes, but I agreed with you. And while the Giants gave up uh, a, a decent game to Kenyon Drake last week, uh, it, that was mainly in the second half. In the first half of that game, the Giants only gave up two running back runs of more than three yards. That's it. They were stopping the run for negative yardage on four different occasions in the first half. It was only after the first half when Arizona took a 13 to nothing lead, went into the second half with the intent to pound the run uh, and, and continue easing the pressure on Kyler Murray's shoulder that they began to tire out the New York Giants defense. And I just do not have as much confidence in the Cleveland Browns, uh, more from a defensive standpoint. And it was a surprising defensive uh, stand by the Arizona Cardinals. But I, I think the Giants offense does better. So I don't think that Cleveland can pound the run quite so extensively. They're gonna try, like they did against the, uh, like they get, did against the Ravens. They will, they will definitely get their running backs involved. But I do not think that Nick Chubb has top three or even top six success this week. Consider him a tumble for me. And real quick, we are almost to the 30-minute mark. We are moving on to flex plays, and I'm gonna take the first one. You shut up, Layton. I, uh, okay, Leighton, you 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 take this one away. Thank you, Samuels. I called you Leighton, yes, and then I called you Leighton because I wanted to call out the fact that you were calling me Leighton. We don't have time for this. It's already almost 30 minutes. All right, Flex Plays. Gus Edwards uh, ranked 44th in ESPN, 28th in Yahoo. Yahoo is a little bit higher on Gus Edwards. They are closer to where I'm at with Gus Edwards, and he's no J.K. Dobbins as far as usage goes. And I actually like J.K. Dobbins this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but there is no doubt in my mind that this is a true split backfield. This is not J.K. Dobbins' backfield, which means if it is closer to, it, and even if it's not 50-50, even if it's 60-40 in J.K. Dobbins' favor, or even 70-30, Gus Edwards will get enough usage to make him a viable flex play, especially because looking at last week, they love him near the goal line. They just do. In fact, after scoring two touchdowns last week, I would be surprised if he didn't make it into the end zone this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect Baltimore to run the ball like 40 times in this game, and it cannot all be Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. It, it, but here's the thing, it can it really actually can be Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins uh, getting all of those runs. Uh, I, I know Gus Edwards will get some run, but relying on him as a flex play, that is, that is bold. That is bold. We were talking about it earlier in the season that Gus Edwards was getting more usage than either of the two other running backs. Yes, but a lot has changed since the beginning, uh, since earlier in the season, since... Mark Ingram isn't even involved in the running back. And so maybe they are trying to get J.K. Dobbins more. You're talking about maybes that have not been proved. Gus Edwards, a decent flex play this week uh, if you are desperate and really and want want they I think what I think will be a higher floor option with a lower ceiling option in at flex. You have a much higher ceiling option. I do, in fact. Uh 
Deontay Johnson. And so, so clearly you agree with me on this one. With, with Deontay Johnson? Absolutely. Take it away. Do it. Talk. Why are you talking to me? Talk to our listeners. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, Deontay Johnson. Do not let the drops get you down about Deontay Johnson. Because... Deontay Johnson isn't going to get down about those drops, despite the drops and being out for literally the entire rest of the first half after those first three drops. He came back in the second half and and, and still ended up leading the team in targets for the game with seven. He tied with Juju Smith-Schuster on that. Roethlisberger continues to trust him, and that is all that matters in Pittsburgh, and especially against a brutal pass defense like the Bengals. Uh... I st- the, the the Steelers still can't run the ball. They just cannot. Um, so you can't trust the running backs, which means they will have to move the ball through the air. Deontay Johnson is a great option. And then again, so is Juju Smith-Schuster. So is Chase Claypool. And hey, even James Washington was a was an option whenever Deontay Johnson was out for the drops. Uh, but I don't think Deontay Johnson is going to be out for the drops this week. Uh, and I think he will be heavily used against the Bengals. You have one more? I do, in fact. Talked about him last week. It is T.Y. Hilton, ranked 29th in ESPN, 23rd in Yahoo. Dare I remind y'all that he has averaged over 19 fantasy points per game in his career versus the Texans? That is averaging 19 fantasy points per game in his career. He could he could not reach his average. He could have a below-average game against the Houston Texans and still definitely return on the investment of a flex option this week. Uh, we mentioned on Tuesday how he has two straight games of 25-plus fantasy points, and he's healthy. He is getting hot at the right time this season. He is developing chemistry with Phillip Rivers at the right time, and he is healthy at the right time for your fantasy teams to use him in the playoffs if you happen to pick him up. Get him in that flex spot. I think he is a, a very high ceiling, albeit, a as always, a pretty low floor option. We do know that T.Y. Hilton can have a day where he only gets you four fantasy points. Um, but we are going to move on to another higher floor option. You have a guy here, Curtis Samuel. Yes, Curtis Samuel, ranked 33rd in ESPN and 25th in Yahoo, definitely qualifying for this this uh, this flex spot. There is still no Christian McCaffrey. He is not going to be playing this week. If you... It's, I'm actually going to take a moment here to apologize because I did say, um, actually a couple times even before the trade deadline episode, uh, I was saying that you should try to trade for Christian McCaffrey, and that was that was wrong. That was wrong. He has stayed injured. We are in the fantasy playoffs, and he is not helping you. What this does mean is it is there's this is a magical magical opportunity for Curtis Samuel. Um, speaking of opportunity, uh, Curtis Samuel is actually second on the team in total touches this season, behind only Mike Davis, who is the running back with Christian McCaffrey gone. That literally means that he is the go-to wide receiver for them. And and of course, both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore have out-targeted him, but C- Curtis Samuel's catch rate is the best on the team amongst players with at least 20 targets this season. Yes, that includes Mike Davis. That includes the running back. And running backs always have the highest catch percentage on the team because they get dump-offs. They get they get they get passes close to the line of scrimmage. 
Curtis Samuel gets those too because they want to get him the ball in space. They're going to continue, especially with Christian McCaffrey still out, they're going to continue to scheme ways to get him those high percentage targets and facilitate his catch and run abilities. And especially with Green Bay's defensive backs, Green Bay's pass defense has been really good this season. I like Curtis Samuel much more than both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And that closes out our 35 plus minute podcast yes we had a long one today thank you for bearing with us as always you can find us on spotify on apple podcast on google podcast on the we know fantasy platform uh definitely check out we know fantasy y'all y'all are missing out if you do not follow we know fantasy on twitter a bunch of great advice from a bunch of really intelligent people much smarter than me but not smarter than me baby that's right smartest man in we know fantasy right here schlanger and we will see you on tuesday with more business after you win your playoff week have fun this weekend take it home you got this better than us Riding my car with the window down